Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Welcome back, my friends. I am so stoked to have you back with me, me with you for another week, another week in God's Word. What a blessing, you guys. There are people around the world who are struggling just to be able to have access to God's Word. And where I currently live in the United States, I have unfettered access to the Word of God, and it's so incredible. With that being said, I also want to give a shout out. If you are listening to this and you are in a country where your access is restricted, I want to just send you my love. I want to let you know that we are praying to the Lord for you. And to my listeners, you know, last week's episode, Stranger Things, was actually the highest listened to episode in Remedies history. (laughs) You guys, you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. You are sharing the word of God with people all around and you never know who whose heart is going to be so deeply affected, not because of me, but because the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we picked up new, even new, more listeners in Kenya. Hey, if you're listening to me from Kenya, I just want to say hello, um, Russia, uh, Botswana, and also in Estonia. (laughs) Oh, and in Costa Rica. What's up, Costa Rica? Yeah, you guys, I'm so stoked to be adding more of you worldwide listeners to the fold. Welcome in And I am just so, so blessed. This week, you guys, I'm going to talk about a subject that maybe is kind of hard to discuss or talk about. With the destruction of the Georgia Guidestones, it's been in the news. And there's this big mystery as to who did it, what happened, you know, and there's all these theories and people talking about these stones that are like a 10 commandments of sorts that are not godly, by the way. They're talking about the destruction of the human race down a huge number of people, okay? And if you have spiritual eyes to see, you can see this tug of war happening back and forth between, whoa, whoa, amazing things are happening. And then, whoa, you know, you see the the evil kickback. I mean, It's being played out before our eyes. And you can see the ones who are standing up and speaking for the Guidestones like, you know, oh, this is a travesty. We better figure out who did this. And the ones who are like cheering at, yes, destruction. We have the head of Pfizer saying that he will pay to have the stones rebuilt. (laughs) He's on video at the World Economic Forum saying that he's gunning for world depopulation. So... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is the head of Pfizer, you guys who, you know, made the jibbity jab that they've released the documents now showing that was completely ineffective for COVID. But, you know, for his gunning for world depopulation, it seems to be pretty effective. I'm sorry to say, because that dude is at the World Economic Forum saying that he wants people gone. He wants depopulation and he wants to pay to rebuild the stones that are calling for billions of people to die. (laughs) 
I've said it before and I said it last week even, but I'm going to say it again one more time for those in the back. Listen, don't take health advice or products from someone who has openly stated they want you dead. It's just really simple. I don't care how they spin it. I don't care how they try and make you afraid. Don't take health advice from people who have said they want you gone. Anyway, so then I watched like this whole documentary on the Georgia Guidestones and about R.C. Christian, the uh, pseudonym of the man who was in Georgia who implemented these stones. And it was a great documentary, actually, where they did a lot of investigative reporting. And they basically narrowed it down to these three men who were, first of all, totally racists. They were absolute Aryan nation racists wearing Nazi uh, insignias on their arms and um, were involved somehow with uh, Margaret Sanger and the uh, global depopulation of people who have darker skin. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if you start digging in, these people were crazy evil. But at any rate, there was actually a society of these men and their names together came together to make R.C. Christian. There was even a book written by R.C. Christian about the depopulation agenda and what they felt would help humanity. I mean, this is stuff that's just so anti-God, you guys, the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it. But there's evidence, of course, that these guys were Masons, Freemasons, high up in their in the Mason Masonic organization. And they also, of course, the members of this group have deep ties to the Skull and Bones Club that also many of our presidents have belonged to and um, people in high ranking positions have belonged to that same Skull and Bones Club. The Guidestones, they call for global depopulation and they want to, st- these men, their, their goal was to start with people of color and people with low IQs, anything below 100. They felt the, the, the population should be culled of anyone who had IQs below 100. There's a movie out there, actually, that is very, very, um, I mean, sometimes you look back, you look back at some of these movies that seemed so stupid at the time, but then you look at what's happening in the world today and you're like, yo, is that movie like a documentary? Like we were talking about Stranger Things, you know, but there's a movie called Idiocracy. And, you know, I'm not, when I, when I mention these movies or whatever, um, you know, I've seen them, I'm not advocating you go out and, and watch them, but there's that movie Idiocracy. And that's exactly what that movie, the whole beginning of that movie is about, you know, populations of people who are having babies, the largely the largest population of people having babies were people with lower IQs. And that people with high IQs, oh, well, you know, they weren't having as many kids. So they got to find a way to call the population of, you know, dumb. I'm not saying that people below 100 are dumb. I'm saying that that's what that movie said, that, you know, dumb people are having babies, you know, which is going to lower you know, the vibration of the human race, essentially. And um, I mean, that's what these guys in in their club, 
that's that was their their mission. And with the Georgia Guidestones. And then we have someone like, again, the likes of the head of Pfizer saying that, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and rebuild them. Well, yo, are you in the club? Apparently. And those Georgia Guidestones, they uh, listed, you know, um, you know, we've talked about this, you're, you're going on to it, but listed lowering the population down to 500 million. And what are we at right now? I think that we're like, uh, like around 8 billion in the world. Uh, that's a whole lot of people dead. <laughs> that's a whole lot of people to get down to five hundred million. I mean, that's evil, you guys. They think that they are God and that humanity is for them to order and control. That's evil. That's sick. I mean, even Elon Musk, who I don't trust, by the way, um, but at least he's standing for at least some good things right now or has spoken out about some good stuff. But he's saying that what are they talking about global depopulation? He is not for that, that the earth could sustain so much more of a population than what we have now. And that this whole climate change depopulation agenda is BS. And of course, we know that it is because we know that God is in control, right? He is the giver of life, not these dudes that are in this cult, essentially this club, right? But this is man thinking that he knows better than God, which is no big surprise, right? (laughs) It's cyclical. All throughout history, we have men who have always thought that they somehow knew better than God. They, They set out to be top dog, right? Higher than God. And newsflash, ultimately, it it never works out for them in the end. Like, I don't know why no one has learned from the lesson. But I guess those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. I'm not exactly sure. But at any rate, it's nothing new. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, even way, way back, Lucifer himself thought that he could match God's energy. And he was removed from heaven, along with the host of angels that were gunning for Lucifer to be top dog, which I believe that is those are that host of angels are who we actually call aliens um, today. But that is for a different show. That's a deep rabbit hole that I am working on. We're working with some great people who are going to be having a roundtable discussion. And that episode is forthcoming. I promise. But anyway, anyway, we're talking about, you know, Tower of Babel stuff. We're talking about golden calves and and ridiculing the God of Abraham. And ultimately, you know, it never works out. You know, God sends, you know, fire from heaven or, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone destruction whenever men get into these places of like, as in the days of Noah, sending a flood or Sodom, you know, the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. And and it never works out in the end. Sometimes God just has to start over. (laughs) He has to take them out. It's done. The wrath of God is very, very real. And there are several stories you can go on, not just Sodom and Gomorrah, but even just, you know, Ananias and Sapphira (laughs) in the New Testament, where, um, you know, anyway, the wrath of God is very real. Fire, water, whatever, destruction coming down from heaven, boom, and you know, that's it. God is very patient and he is love and he gives people every opportunity to know what's right, to do what's right, to make the right choice, to repent, to turn, 
when that is no longer even going to be an option, God don't play and he won't be mocked. And eventually I believe that these bad actors, all of them will face the wrath of God for what they've done, for what they're doing, for, you know, whether it's here on earth or when they cross over, it ain't going to be pretty. God is patient. God is kind. God is love, but he also don't play. But you know, guys, God is love, no doubt. And that's where we enter in with the correction of the Lord. Some people are saying that God himself took out the guidestones. And that that could be, that very well could be. I mean, I tend to think that it was something similar, something called, uh, you know, the rod from God, it's, or the rod of God. It's, it's uh, a kinetic weapon, which is like a missile. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like a nuke, but without any fallout. It's a, what's called a kinetic bombardment. And it can reach speeds of up to 500 miles per hour. And they drop it from the stratosphere or, you know, far, I I don't know, I'm not a weapons expert, but they drop it from really high up and it's kinetic. So it reaches uh, really fast power by kinetic energy. And then, you know, boom. And again, I am no weapons expert. If you're a weapons expert out there and you're listening to me and you're laughing, well, go ahead. But anyway, the rod uh, from God, the rod of God, that is a very real weapon. And I believe it has been used in several instances. And I believe it may have been used here. Not sure, but, but I believe that it may have been. And of course, it's called the rod of God because, you know, it's a beam from space essentially coming down, causing targeted destruction, which is fast and complete, like, like the swift wrath of God. And the wrath of God, you guys, I don't want you to confuse that with God's discipline. There are many out there who live as if there is no consequences for sin, that, that Jesus isn't the only way and that many spokes all come to the same conclusion and that many religions out there, well, they all say the same thing and, you know, hey, it ain't no thing, you know, God, God is love and he's not, you know, he's, he's not here to, to discipline us or, or do any of that stuff. But if you are a Bible reader, if you are a Bible believer, and even if you're not, history is full of moments of God's discipline and history in my life is full of moments of God's discipline. And I'm sure in your life, too. Wow, Sarah, a podcast on God's discipline. That is not a subject that I want to talk about. I'm out. (laughs) No, no, sharks, hear me out. Don't don't go out yet. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyway, talking about God's discipline, that is harsh. It isn't fun or loving or encouraging. But you guys, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that it, it, it actually is the contrary of that. The Bible says that whom God loves, he corrects. And, and you want to be loved by God, right? We all want to be loved by God. Yes, absolutely. And that includes correction sometimes, oftentimes. I mean, the Bible tells us twice, two times that God is love. It tells us once and then it tells us again so that we don't forget that God is love and that God is the ultimate definition of love. But make no mistake, you guys, the Bible tells us 400 times that God is holy. 400 times. So while we are not to forget that God is love, 
The Bible tells us 400 times that God is holy. He is holy love, which is where we get the correction of the Lord. He is holy and he loves us. And we have the correction of God. We have the destruction of God. We have the wrath of God. We've got the rod of God. But on a lighter note, we have the discipline of God in our life, the the rod of God, <laughs> you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, God is not sparing the rod <laughs> if you are his child. I mean, <laughs> bear with me here. Can Can we just talk about a little bit of a holy butt whipping without making God out to be some heavy or some jerk who is, you know, doesn't want you to have any fun. And he's just, you know, all rules and, you know, what a mean God. No, no. He who spares the rod spoils the child, you guys. And God loves whom he corrects. God is love. And we hear that often. And unfortunately, that saying, God, but God is love, Sarah, don't judge is often used in conjunction with sinful behavior and usually with accepting practices in your life that are not holy. Hey, Sarah, you know what? God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. (laughs) He does know your heart. And if you're honest, you know your heart too. And the cool thing is, he knows that you know, and he knows that he knows your heart. And he loves you anyway. He loves me anyway, which is pretty amazing. I mean, it's mind blowing, actually, but I am so grateful for that. The things that are in the heart of my hearts, I mean, there's some there's some good God, holy stuff in my heart, but also there are some things that I'm like, whoa, God is holy, you guys. The, the measuring stick that God has is a measuring stick of holiness. When we sit before the throne of God in Revelation, it tells us that we are going to sing, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So, Sarah, why the rod of God? I mean, why beat the sheep? My friend, please hear my heart. God's love for us is so great that he has given us the remedy for our messed up, twisted hearts. He has given us the guidebook for changing course if we need to change course to align with his standards. God's standards? Sarah, God's standards are unattainable. That's why he sent Jesus, right? I mean, God's standards are are so high. Why even try, right? Yes, that's why he sent Jesus. And yes, we need to try. We need to live our lives righteously. Jesus himself forgave people and told them to go and sin no more. The expectation was a life of holiness. Jesus came to save that which was lost, which was us. And he is the way to life. I have a friend right now, actually, who is truth seeking. Right now, they told me that every time they go to church and or they read the Bible, They feel terrible about themselves. They feel yucky. They feel downtrodden, like, oh, I can never attain that. They said that they feel like they're just a piece of trash. You know what I told them? I told them, listen, trash, you are not trash. You are so very precious. You are a creation of the most high God. And we live in a broken and fallen world. 
mean, no cap. Just look around us, man. We see it everywhere, every day, injustice, imperfection, corruption. It's seeped into us and pours out of us sometimes into our very life. Can we achieve salvation on our own by living right? No, of course not. But once we are children of God, like any good parent, he guides us and shapes us and molds us and teaches us. And part of that teaching is discipline, which again, discipline of God's children is a whole lot different than God's wrath. And we want to live a life of holiness. And that life of holiness includes discipline. It includes teaching. It includes correction. But you guys, you don't want the rod of God. (laughs) You don't want the wrath of God. You want God's correction. The correction is there to shape us and mold us into God's true calling, into vessels that he can use. Job chapter 5 verse 17 says, How happy is the man whom God corrects. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. In Psalm 94 12, it says, Blessed is the one whom you chasten. Proverbs 3 verse 12 says, He who the Lord loves, he disciplines, even as a father corrects his kids in whom he delights. I know in today's culture, it has become very unpopular to discipline your own child. Discipline isn't seen as loving anymore. Discipline is seen as abuse. And it is told to parents every day. You see it, you know, these counselors popping up and, oh, you better not discipline your child or else you're going to harm them. But that is the complete antithesis of what the Bible tells us, that discipline is actually love. Caveat, asterisk, not abusive discipline, you guys, but but actual discipline is not always fun. It's not always gentle. And God is a good God, but he does not always gentle parent. I promise you that. Being on the tail end of Gen X, kind of in the cusp of Gen X and uh, millennials, my husband and I have been able to see uh, we didn't have children on the on this earth living. They're waiting for us in heaven. But a lot of our friends have. And we've been able to watch our friends' children be born and our friends parent them and then them grow up into adults. And across the board, across the board, without exception, the parents that we saw of our friends who disciplined their children, who gave structure, who gave rules and in a loving way, but in a very firm way, disciplined their children, those adults, those children who are now adults, unequivocally, every one of them have been successful in school. They are now out in the job in the workforce and and or entrepreneurs and successful adults, I want to say. <laughs> but our our friends, God bless them, who went a different way in their parenting and or didn't discipline at all. Their children, no structure. Their children are struggling. They're uh, as adults. They're really struggling with their lives, education wise, job wise, uh, just their interpersonal um, in their heart, in their in their beings. 
they're just they're they're really struggling and we saw we we have seen just such a huge difference such a huge difference the rod of correction you guys from god the rod of god in our lives is not always fun it's often hard and harsh but it is there because he loves you you don't want the wrath of god you want the correction of god totally different because God is love, because he is holy, and because he loves you, he will correct you and move you into the right place. He is the good shepherd. He knows the way. And the way, sometimes when you step out of line, he's got to get you back in line. And I say you, meaning me too, but all of us. If you are a child of God, if you know who your shepherd is if your shepherd is Jesus. The rod of God in our lives is only out of his great love for us. I know that discipline is not a fun topic, (laughs) but often it's necessary. And I know that it's necessary right now to even talk about it. There's someone out there who's listening to this right now, and your life has gone astray. You have let the world creep in. You're being pulled in a direction that you know in your heart isn't right. And I know that this is hitting home right now. The choice is yours. Turn back. Turn to the Lord. Let Him lead you. Trust Him. Cling to Him. He knows the way because He is the way. I love you guys. And until next week, keep living righteously. Strive for holiness in your life. And if you're messing up right now, today is the day for you to lay that down. Lay it aside and be free. Repent and follow the Good Shepherd. He knows the way because He is the way. I love you guys. Peace.